Just for a few minutes, I want to look at Psalms 111. If you have your Bibles or something on your phone, grab that. I want to just end, give the word of God the last word here tonight um, as we close this out. Psalms 111. We don't know who the author is here of Psalms 111, but it has a Davidic uh, flavor to it, as you, as you will see here in just a moment. We do know the true author was the Holy Spirit. He moved men along, and they wrote as the Spirit moved them along, and, and certainly this is God's word here. But uh, some of these verses, particularly early on, we'll just look at a little bit here, really point to what we're trying to do with Riverbend Academy. Of course, our church and everything else, every other ministry under the ministry of Riverbend Church. But Psalms 111 says, praise the Lord. I just love the start of that. That's the goal, the praise and glorification of God. Praise Him. He is the one who has given us life and breath. And, and if you're saved in here and you genuinely know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, all glory goes to Him because you could not have got there on your own. And we are reminded, the Bible says, that we're dead in our sins. So it was this marvelous work that God has done. And so we find the Bible teaching us constantly to learn how to worship. And really what we're doing is trying to raise worshipers. Point them toward Christ. Beg that God saves these young people and they learn to worship the Lord. There's some, there's some help here in this verses to help you know how to do that. Notice it says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. With all my heart. True worship comes from the heart. I don't know where you all go to church, but uh, we here, we strive to have a heart-centered, a Christ-centered, biblical worship. And we want that to start with individuals. Good worship doesn't come because you have a great band and you sing the best music and you got the best musicians and voices. True worship comes when individuals tune their heart to the Lord. And that's what this verse tells us here. Notice this in verse 1. I will give thanks. I, myself, to the Lord with all my heart. That's the start. Now, it's one of the things we're trying to do with our children's ministries, our, our, our academy students and so forth, is help them learn to be worshipers of the Lord. Understand who God is. Understand our Savior, our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then look what happens after that. And it says, in the company of the upright and in the assembly. So, there's great private worship. We're teaching ourselves, we're teaching the children to be private worshipers. They worship the Lord. So then when we do come together, there's a great noise goes out from Riverbend Academy or church because our hearts individually have been tuned to the Lord. And now when we come together, we've been gripped by the glory of Christ and we let it go. And we sing and we praise him and we turn to his word and find truth in his word, verse by verse, understanding who he is. Look at verse 2. So fitting here. Great are the works of the Lord. Did you hear that in the music that was sang by the kids today? There we're reminding us of the great works of God. They're reminding us of the amazing Bible stories of the Old Testament, particularly here tonight, that if we don't have those amazing stories and that great God who spared this nation, particularly the tribe of Judah, that had the line of Jesus Christ in it, we would not be here because we would not know Jesus Christ. And so there's these great works of God that go on and our goals as, as a school, a church, is to help people understand the great works of the Lord. See how great he is. Do you believe he's great? Do you believe God is great? That's what the Bible teaches us and that's our goal to teach our students at all ages. Notice the middle of verse 2 there. They are studied by all who delight in him. Now that's a fascinating verse, isn't it? 
It's those who take delight in God will study his word. Otherwise, you look at it, maybe you have to do something for, for some class or so forth, but it'll never get to your heart. It's those who delight in God study the word. Here at Riverbend, our goal is to always preach God's word. Not Scott's or anybody else, Pastor Jason's. Our goal is to preach God's word. We know that's what changes the heart. That's what causes us to turn and be true worshipers. So we work even verse by verse through our Bibles to understand God's word. And, we, and our academy does the same thing. Those teachers use the word of God to help the kids see the greatness of God. To see that he lined up and designed this world. He put together everything that happens. And they see that through science and math and the alignment of all those things that they learn comes from God. And the Bible says, those who delight in the word of God will study him. Study to show yourself approved workmen, Paul told Timothy. That desire to know God. Do you desire to know God? Are you just here to check a box, I went to church, or I did something like that? No, if you're truly saved, you should have a desire to know God. You want to know his word. Look at verse 3, splendid and majestic, uh, majestic is his work. I, I, I think what the writer is telling us is we're still marveling at what God has done. When's the last time you sat at our beautiful beach here and watched the waves roll in? And think about a God who said this, I'll set a limit and they won't come by it. They won't come past it, the waves. They're still doing that. The moon still circles the earth and the earth still circles the sun and we have our seasons and no matter what the world says of all the crazy things that they begin to try to convince the world in it, we have a biblical worldview of science here and it comes from the Bible and your children are taught that God created the heavens and earth in six days and he's a great God and he can do that. And so even the psalmist here before great telescopes and great books on science and all of that, at this point, he saw that God's work was splendid and majestic. And notice that it's righteous. His righteousness always endures. God always does what's right. That's why we follow him. We certainly submit to our governing authorities, but we follow the Lord. He's always right. He's always right. And our job with our students is to help convince them of that, help show them from the Bible, God is right. He's right for marriage. He's right for parenting. He's right for job choices. He's right for all of those things. And so we give him credit in that. Verse 4, he has made his wonders to be remembered. I love hearing these kids sing. Uh, what a, I hope, uh, that first chant that went through. They worked their way through the Old Testament. And if you know your Bible at all, you are listening. In fact, you probably heard right where we were at in our study on Wednesday nights. We're in Exodus right now in our study on Wednesday night. I go, oh, that's right where we're at. And they're getting taught at these young ages to know a chronological order of the Old Testament because they know it leads to who? Christ. And so our teachers are working hard at that to help us remember his wondrous works. And notice it says in verse 4, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. You know, those are two terms that are spoken of God over and over and over through the scriptures. We're just about there in our study on Wednesday nights. And if you don't have a church, um, a Bible teaching church to go to, we really invite you here. But on Wednesday nights, we're working through that. We're just about to the point where ex uh, in Exodus, where Moses is so frustrated with the people, they've built this golden calf, 
And he says, I'm not going to go unless you go, and I need to see your glory. And God sets him in a cliff and puts his hand over him and passes by him. And the first thing that Moses speaks, he says, I saw his compassion and his graciousness. That's who God is. See, if you're not trained that way, if you let your human flesh think about God, you will not understand him personally. He won't be gracious and compassionate. You'll think he's this mean God up there that casts judgment on people. You'll never see his glory and his compassion. But our goal is to help these students study God's word properly in context. Understand who he is. So they see his glory, see his compassion. Verse 5, he has given us food. He has given food to those who fear him. He nourishes us and, and refreshes us, doesn't he, through his word. He re, and uh, he will remember his covenant forever. You know, the Lord doesn't forget what he's done for us. And certainly this is the time under the old covenant, but the old covenant was never meant to save. It was meant to show the glory of God and show that man needed a new covenant, needed someone who could deliver them for, for them. But God was faithful even when his people are unfaithful. Aren't you thankful for that? Because there's times I'm unfaithful. Are you? We all have times of unfaithfulness to the Lord. We love the things of the world sometimes more than we love him. But he is never that. He's never unfaithful to us. And so the psalmist recounts that. Look at verse, um, verse 6 with me. He has made known to his people the power of his works. He's revealed it to us. You know, you, I think most of you, you all have a Bible. If you don't, come see me afterwards. I want to make sure you have one. I mean, I have lots of them. He's given us his word so we can know who he is. He's revealed himself to us. There's no excuse not to know the God of the Bible. Maybe laziness and a few other things. But he's revealed himself. All that we ever need to know in this life, he has revealed through the word. Isn't that great? And that's why the school, the main textbook is what? The Bible. And that's the main textbook and everything flows from that as we teach them everything from arithmetic to English to, to arts and all those type of things. All comes from the handiwork of God revealing himself through the word of God. Um, verse 7, the works of his hands are truth and justice. You know, the Bible and the work of God is dependable. A lot of people today are looking for some new revelant way. We have a very dependable God. He doesn't change. Hebrews 13 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He doesn't change. He's dependable. So we don't have to try to adapt to culture and time and all the things. The Bible marches through culture. The Bible marches through time. It's everything you need in every season of your life. So why do we... Why would we use anything else in our school, our church, our music, anything? It comes back to the word of God. We find it there. The Bible says his precepts. This is just a word for the Bible, the, God's word, his testimonies. It's a, it's a synonym for all of that. It's sure. It's the right thing. It's the sure thing. Boy, if we haven't learned anything from this year, there's nothing sure in the world. Even the world doesn't even know what's sure. They think they do, right? They're an absolute disaster. It is crazy, the battles that are going out there. We have the word of God that's sure, and we make decisions based on that, and we live our life to those things. Verse 8, they are upheld forever and ever. Look at the constant uh, strength of God to uphold his truths. We change things all the time, right? We change speed limits, we change right, what we say is right and wrong all the time. God upholds his truth forever. He's constantly doing it. And then there's an application to it. He performs. They are performed in truth and uprightness. 
We watch God teach us how to live that way. Verse 9, he has sent redemption to his people. That's, that's the greatest provision you can ever have. God sent redemption to his people. And if you're saved in this room, God sent you his son. He sent you. In fact, we've been in a series on salvation on Sunday morning, and there we learn that all of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are a gift from the Father to the Son. Long before the, even the foundations of the world, God gave us to the Son. And when he came, he said, I, I, I've received all that you've given me. I will lose none of them. We received redemption. It was a gift from God, not of ourselves, lest we stand in front of him and boast someday. Notice he has ordained his covenant forever. He's faithful. It's the faithfulness of God. And I love this last little phrase in 9. Holy and awesome is your name. I told the staff we were working through this passage not too long ago. We're still using the word awesome, aren't we? We always use that awesome. Everything's awesome. But really, that word belongs to God. It's used throughout the scriptures that God is awesome. So we, we used to sing a song. There's a, there's a song about the awesomeness of God, right? He's awesome, right? But really, it's, re, it's referring to his name. That's his glory. That's his person. That's who he is. And so he is holy, set apart from sin. We don't have a God who's a, a sinning God, a God of evil. He's not that. He's holy and set apart from all those things. And so his glory is holy. And then look at verse 10. We'll end with this. And this is, this is the charge for the school, for the church, for all those who instruct. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the word fear, there is a word for awe and reverence. We teach our young people to be in awe and reverence of God. That's kind of a rare thing today, right? When the name of God is used in profanity constantly, and just flippantly by young and old. Oh my God, oh my God, all that stuff. And yeah, look at the fear of the Lord, the reverence and awe of who he is. And it really only believers can understand this verse and give the credit that it's due here, is that, wow, he is, he is amazing. God, I would not have life without you. I would not have eternity without you. And when we have that awe of the Lord, we begin to grow and understand. That's where wisdom begins. It doesn't begin by just who we are. And notice a good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. You know what salvation leads to? Obedience. And salvation leads to a, a desire to walk with the Lord. A desire to obey him and please him in our lives. And, and certainly all of us, we know our failures, right? But there's a desire now. That's one of the ways you know you're saved. There's a desire to know and love the things of God. Do you? Is that part of you? That's, that's a mark of a Christian. Not legalism. It's a desire to serve our Savior who laid down his life for us. And that's our goal in the school, the church, all throughout Riverbend's ministry is to bring praise to the Lord. Well, let's close this night in prayer and thank the Lord for the school. Um, please be in prayer. We, we, we've got to do some building. We've got a lot of things we have to do. Uh, God keeps growing us. Praise the Lord. Even during the pandemic, we've grown. The church has grown. The school has grown. And, and yet, if he's going to do that, he's going to help us do, do the next step. So just will you pray with us as we uh, close this out? Father, we thank you for a night to just um, praise you for particularly the ministry of the academy here at Riverbend. Lord, thank you for the many years. We thank you for Pastor Jason's leadership and the board that oversees that, for the elders that give instruction and care and oversight to all those things. Lord, we're so grateful for this ministry. It's certainly not perfect, Lord, because men and women, us, 
sinners need of your grace, run it. But yet, God, our goal is to pursue you. Lord, I want to pray for teachers tonight. Give them strength and the stamina they need, Lord. It's taxing teaching somebody else's children. But Lord, may they be gripped by the glory of Christ, the truth of the word of God, and may that energize them and strengthen them each and every day. May parents and, and pastors like myself pray more often for our teachers. to Give them strength, Lord, as they serve you in this great capacity. Lord, we thank you for the children you have provided, record number of kids at Riverbend. Lord, they're coming from all different walks of life, Lord, and our goal is that we want you to save them. They can't save themselves and we can't save them. We need you to do that. And so, Father, help us to be consistent as a school to put biblical truth in front of them. And may use that to draw these little lives to yourself, Lord. Father, in the end, we ask that you would provide for us, Lord. You always have. You've met every need we have, Lord. We, probably everyone in this room has food in their belly and a roof over their heads, Lord. And yet, Lord, we ask that you would help us with buildings and more room to house more children. More families are, uh, are coming to us. They're making changes in their schooling habits, Lord, and, and want somewhere there. There's some stability and truth, Lord. So please grant us the wisdom, the finances, uh, making right decisions, Lord, of what to build and how and when. And Lord, we pray that you would just bless us in that effort, Lord, and guide and direct us, Lord. I thank you for the front office that works at the academy. These so many ladies who do so many things to help the school run smoothly. Lord, please bless their lives. Give them strength, Lord. And we're grateful for the Riverbend family, Lord. Thank you for your kindness to us. Lord, thanks for all these folks coming out tonight. Bless them. Give them sweet rest tonight, Lord. And may school be awesome tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.